Hello, and welcome to Metachemistry. This is episode 62, and today we're having another of our faction takedown episodes where we take some time to take a look at a faction, and instead of pointing out uh, how to play a given faction necessarily, we can come at it from the perspective of what can you expect to find if you see them across the table, what are some ways to counteract their common power pieces, what sort of tricks do they have, and generally kind of give some guidance in terms of how you may combat uh, one of these factions. And so today we're going to be talking about Vanilla 012 or Generic 012. But before we get started, we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Mo Games. Uh, so Mythics Online Emporium is an online supplier for Infinity, which you can find at mo-games.com. And as part of their sponsorship, they give all of our patrons of any level a 10% discount code to their store. And we raffle off a $40 coupon code every month for anyone that's on the Discord server. So you join the Discord, you're entered for that, and then we draw that once a month. What's better than games? Mo Games. And so for today's episode, we have Ahsoka, Ian, and myself. And so let's go ahead and check in with everybody here. So Ian, how has your Infinity journey been of late? Uh, it's been pretty fun. Uh, just yesterday, Ahsoka and I were down Colorado Springs for a turn local tournament and uh, running my Forco did much better this time than last. Uh, instead of coming in last place, I came in third. So it nice. was uh, it was a pretty solid tournament. Uh, good players and said we got a uh, uh, with the missions and stuff that we had in the format. I got to kind of leverage some of Forco's strengths and uh, had some really really good games. Very cool. Any. Any particularly interesting observations about Forco as you've been getting some more games with him? Um, so I don't know if this is more anything with like Forco in particular, or just how I play. Because uh, I tend to be a very attritional style player. Like I, I don't, I don't mind sacrificing pieces. Like at the end of the game, like my victory points are usually pretty low. But if I've accomplished the objective, like fine. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like. It's a little bit of an adjustment with Forco because I don't necessarily have the bodies to do that. Uh, although mm-hmm. I have been getting, you know, the the fourteen fifteen model lists, um, but it's it's interesting because the stuff that I can link in a, a way that is affordable is like the cheap guys with rifles, like the CSUs and the Securitots and stuff, and maybe have like a Feuerbach in there or something like that. But um, sure. You know, beyond that, like it's it's prohibitively expensive to run, um, like a full core team of like orcs or bolts or like the characters. So, uh, mm-hmm. I've been trying to do that more as a Harris. Um, but then like a lot of like really good pieces that you would have linkable and supportive in other factions in Forco are more running solo. So, trying to figure some of that out as well as um, you know adjusting to a faction that does, um, in my opinion, actually does hacking pretty well with uh, Laxmi and Securitots both being uh, Whip 14. And, you know, there's, they have a, a pretty good options with there, plus a lot of uh, potential repeater coverage. So um, I think they're interesting. I think they have some, some good combinations. Um, you know, I'm still kind of adjusting to it. But as with anything, uh, not every faction necessarily is for every player. So, um they're growing True. on me. That said, 
I was really pleased to see today that the winner of um, Adepticon and who just got the invitation to the Interplanetario because uh, it's a satellite event is uh, Bruno Decourt, who uh, won. Well, first off, he's an amazingly uh, nice guy. Uh, everybody thinks he's just super chill, uh, but he won using Forco. So that was Very kind nice. of a, a pretty neat uh, thing to see. So uh, good job, Bruno, and have fun in Interplanetario. Yeah, very nicely done. So yeah, so Azoka, what about you? Obviously, it sounds like you were at the this weekend's uh, mini tournament. Any? Yeah. How did that go? And then any other stuff recently that's been going on for you? You know, it was a lot of fun. It was a very wild tournament. I think I've heard uh, more complaints about dice in that tournament than I ever have. <laughs> so it was very wild, uh, but it was really, really fun, enjoyable. Uh, tournament i'm in a stage of openness of soul searching because Mm. i've stopped playing vanilla pano so now i'm going to move to another faction and i'm probably like i could just easily pick onyx and go to it but Mm. i'm probably gonna bounce around a bit we got new bakunin coming out which is super cool i want to play corregidor and still haven't done it i have uh, a bunch of pano like military orders that i haven't touched in a long time and that sounds like fun so it's just i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna be in a in a fun stage of just trying out fun things one of which was triple tags and that was that was wild and fun nice very cool was that with onyx or something mm-hmm. else yeah sphinx silverdrawn and a uh uh zeo zeodron yep zeodron of k1 have a lot nice. of tools to do a lot of different That's- things that's a lot of points. It's it's a lot of points. <laughs> the rest of the list is just, uh, you know, orders. Sounds about right. Uh, I will say that we played decap and I played a Noctifer lieutenant. And that felt really good. Having a camo marker state uh, lieutenant was really good for the mission. So isn't that fun? Yeah, it like, is. I can't even tell you how many times like playing decap or other missions like that, where I've taken uh, like a Foxtrot Lieutenant, which mm-hmm. is bad on one end because it does cost like two SWC to do that in the US. So crazy. But, but the amount of bodies I can put on the field that are armor three kind of makes up for it. Uh, sure. And also like, cool, have fun not only getting to wherever he is, because with that infiltration, I'll put him like, way up Wherever. high somewhere and then mm-hmm. like build some defense around him and just let him sit there. And yeah, <laughs> like he just almost never gets gotten. Uh, but because having a camel lieutenant is so good. Can be super powerful in that mission. Yeah. But yeah, I, I find myself in kind of a similar position to you as where I have been kind of wrapping up my Tunguska hobby wise. And I've also been playing them for, I don't know, probably a year and change uh, fairly consistently. And so I've been looking for a new project. And so I've been kind of contemplating um, a handful of things, really, um, like Rama or Phalanx and O12. Uh, primarily, those were kind of my lead options that I narrowed it down to. Um, but then I did a test scheme, just something like that I can do pretty quick and dirty for a tabletop ready force for O12. And I was pretty happy with it. And so I've been churning some of those out and they seem like fun. And so I'm, I'll probably be bouncing between vanilla and Starmada 
And then the Adepticon update happened, and it felt very validating to make that choice <laughs> and then see all this cool new stuff come out for them. So yeah. I think I think I'll be having some fun with them for sure. Um, so if you frequent stores that I'm playing at, please skip the rest of this episode. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, today we're going to focus on generic or vanilla O12, which is at least up to this point, has been kind of the more common pick between it and its sectoral Starmata. But I think that that will be less and less the case with a lot of the new updates, which after we get some time with those updates, you know, then we'll probably check back in with that. But uh, if you've been listening to the show for long, uh, you know that we don't tend to do uh, hot off the press takes as much as we like to kind of take some time with information, kind of mull things over, do some testing, and then come back with with our thoughts then, uh, most of the time. But Most of the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so as far as O12, again, specifically vanilla, goes, what kind of initially comes to mind? Like if you, uh, you know, you're, you're picking lists at an event, and you're announcing, okay, you're announcing your faction, your opponent says O12. What, is, what are some of your first thoughts? My first thought is O12 is so cool. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, cool. What do they have? Yeah. For, for prep? Okay, so if I, if I sit down and my opponent plays O12, honestly, it changes nothing for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like O12 fits a lot of the demographics of what I build a list for anyways. So mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't fulfill a niche that I need to worry about. Like, for example, uh, GSA might fill a niche of CC and and uh, camo markers where I need to be worried about or uh, Bakunin, who has a lot of uh, neg six. So we're going to be seeing that a lot or, you know, just different things uh, across different factions. I feel like O12, especially as a vanilla faction, just has so many good, fun toys that you can't narrow down a list to it. So I just build for it anyways. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Ian, what about you? Yeah, I... Whenever, when I am set up against O12, uh, it doesn't worry me a whole lot. Um in general, I've seen uh, few players uh, that I have personally faced um, able to leverage their strengths against me particularly well. Um, but that said, there are a few that I have had give me a solid run for my money, and uh, we've had some some drag out fights, and that's because like they just it's like fighting Pano that has dirty tricks like take away the cc element that like the knights bring and leave like the heavy infantry the high ballistic skill and that kind of stuff and add in like skirmishers and warbands and stuff so like they have mm-hmm. all of like the shooting and firepower that pano does but with the dirty trick sections of some of the other sectorials sure yeah i i could see a lot of that um one of the things that I kind of have come to mind is that they not always, but oftentimes have pretty solid hacking, not because they necessarily have the best hackers per se, but they can very easily do 
a good volume of hackers, uh, the Kappa goes a long way in that because it's just so cheap. Having a, a 12 point hacker uh, because it downgrades to the, well, maybe downgrades, depending on your perspective, to a submachine gun and have a hacking device for 12 points is great. The cyber ghosts are great. The team Sirius can put repeaters up the field because they're forward deployment. Uh, and you have a couple other tools like that. Yeah. Um, I think that they actually do have a lot of really powerful CC pieces, but they're not incidentally stapled on to units that are doing other things yeah. most of the time. Uh, a lot of them are kind of dedicated CC units that don't necessarily have a role otherwise. There are some exceptions to that, notably uh, the Alpha and Hector uh, kind of fall under that for me. But other units that are really good in CC, like um, Shona is obviously really powerful in CC. Um, and there are a couple of the units, like Hippolyta appears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Those Hippolyta sorts of units. Really so like, they do have some really potent CC threats. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're not... Varangians aren't bad, yeah. They're not kind of the same powerhouse level. No, it's the berserk on the Varangians with the dogged mm-hmm. is kind of the thing because they're nice. they're not the cheapest Varangians because uh, those go in uh, Cosmo, but mm-hmm. they're still relatively inexpensive. And with that berserk, like that is a piece that you just look at going, oh, I can trade with that. Mm-hmm. And if I lose it, like whatever, but like I'm gonna take down probably whatever I'm I'm throwing it at. So they're they're a great unit to like screen with. So it's one of those things like if you're fighting against them, like I usually see one or two Varangians and usually out on sure. their flanks, you know, covering uh, deployment zones, kind of guarding. So uh, just be aware of that because they can be very dangerous. <laughs> yeah, they all have template weapons of some variety in O12, uh, mm-hmm. which is notable. And their CC is good enough that even if you're good in CC, um, you know, it's not a given that you're going to beat them. Yeah. Uh, and if they though, happen to be their turn and berserk you, they're, they're, Going on a 26 unopposed, that's a good chance of critting, too. Sure. But yeah, I would say that another thing that you're, you'll commonly find in Vanilla 012 is kind of the prototypical high-end gunfighter pieces. Uh, pieces that have some combination of at least two, sometimes more of MSV, Mimetism, BS-13+, No Wounded Cap. Like those those things, I think, are commonly seen as yeah. like if you have at least two of these, you're probably a decent gunfighter. And O12 has a lot of that, and some that even ha- even hit more than two of those criteria. So you know, if you're looking at something that is just kind of an example of thing that fights well, you'll definitely see a lot of those here. And so that's pretty powerful that they have a lot of these units that are just, you know, kind of rounded in ballistic skill combats like that. But besides, besides those couple things, so I think that above average gunfighters, not the best gunfighters, mind you, but typically above average gunfighters. Still very good. Yeah, exactly. Really good 
CC in specialists, usually characters, not always, but many of them are characters. Mm -hmm. um, good hacking distribution. I think those are things that they tend to do well. Are there and the command structure? Yeah, they the tend command to have really good. Structure is incredible. Yeah, really good lieutenants. They have access to cheap chain of command with Cho. Um, the Alpha is a really strong lieutenant piece. Hector is a strong lieutenant piece. Uh, and I think those will be the common ones that you'll find. Um, Saladin is pretty decent too, but I don't think that Everyone's you'll really see him as much. Yeah, you're going to... Hector. Exactly. Like, it's kind of this awkward middle ground where you're more likely to see, you know, for a bit cheaper going down to the Alpha or for a bit more getting more punch from Hector. Uh, but yeah, anything else that stands out to you in terms of strengths that you are concerned about when facing against O12? Stuff that you're like, okay, I need to be ready for X. They got pretty good movements. You know, they have mm -hmm. smoke, which can allow them to move forward. They have the ability to clear your AROs that you're going to put up. Like, they can smoke in front of the Epsilon to shoot your flash bots or TR bots and the like. So you're just They've got great ways to move up the board, and that is that that is like really detrimental to to like trying to hold out on a first turn against an alpha strike. Well, mm -hmm. and don't forget that they have a few very good AD troopers. Yes, the reach is phenomenal. Yeah, they have, yeah, that's a fair point. They do have a pretty substantial amount of of combat jump and parachutist. Mm -hmm. like, like especially like if you just take raw availability values they can, they can drop <laughs> more than you would put in a list <laughs> <laughs> more than you would want yep yeah like deltas are availability for and are and crushers crushers are uh, two and they have a combat jump option and then yeah. you can throw cuervo in there you're at seven combat jump troops right there not that you're going to do that, but... Exactly. Oh, watch me. I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> I will happily watch that. I'm going to meme this. Let's go. <laughs> Ooh, and then you play one of the missions with the Corsair. There you go. Yeah. 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 Neoka or AVA2 parachutists. So yep. they're an option. Yeah. But yeah, I think that they're also pretty good at guarding their deployment zone in return, right? Like, while they do have good reach, they also are sometimes difficult to approach because they have some decent midfield. Uh, the Raven eye go a long way being EM mine layers. Um, a lot mad of traps. stuff has, yeah, there's mad traps from things like the, um, the gangbusters. Uh, yeah. a lot of incidental riot stoppers that can potentially stop an alpha strike in its tracks. If things don't go well, and uh, things that, you know, are not necessarily lethal, but, if you fail a save, then that model's done for now kind of mm -hmm. defense. So if we turn that around a little bit, uh, what sorts of things do you find? I know, Ian, you had mentioned that you haven't really gone against much O12 that really was able to counteract how you've been, how you've played with a couple of factions. It sounds like, yeah. um, what sort of holes do you find poking into vanilla O12? What sort of weak points do you, tend to focus on um so the one of the problems that o12 has is that 
in many cases, uh, your lieutenant is very obvious. Uh, so if you're taking an alpha and you know they've kept a, if your opponent takes an alpha and they've kept an extra uh, trooper back from Strategos and the lieutenant order is regular, it's pretty obvious that it's the alpha that's the lieutenant. Uh, while it does have some defense from guard, uh, it is you know not a particularly tough model, and it is big, so they gotta hide it. But it's, it's armor one, BTS zero with one wound. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can headhunt it pretty easily if they don't bury it real deep, and even then, an AD trooper uh, can take care of it. One of my favorite things to do is. Um, throw a Duroc at it and cool. Now you're in loss. Uh, you know, depending on when you do that, it can be very, very crippling to them. Um, if they, especially if they don't have chain of command, uh, that can yeah. be an issue because Cho has hollow. So you may not know they have mm-hmm. chain of command. Yeah. Um, but you said like Still worth it, right? Yeah. Like the alpha, if they have an alpha, Oh look, that's Lieutenant. If Saladin's there, Oh look, there's the Lieutenant. Oh, is Hector there? He's very likely a Lieutenant, like depending on mm-hmm. what you're looking at. And they have a few other options, but they, they generally tend to have an obvious Lieutenant to go after. Right. Um, which I've done the, numerous times. Yeah. Those are the common ones because they'll give you, they're incentivized to be Lieutenants, right? Yes. Particularly the alpha. The alpha is, that is the exclusive job of the alpha yeah. Yeah. is Extra to be command a token and strategos and yeah and counterintelligence like you want this guy mm-hmm. but and very he's affordable. easy to take out yeah but he's yeah. easy to take out um mm-hmm. so that that's that's something that i found uh is a weakness um yeah they they only have a handful of troopers that have access to msv uh you can take a single a diva and that you know spitfire with msv2 uh mm-hmm. they can take the epsilon which you can take two of those uh and that is actually an excellent trooper because he's a climbing plus msv2 uh mm-hmm. mimetism three bioimmunity guy that you know heavy machine guns shock marksman and multi-sniper so that's a dangerous thing to come up against yeah. uh but if <laughs> Other than that, uh, that's their only two sources of MSV two. For MSV, they have no MSV three. They got a lot of MSV one though. Um, not as much as you would think. Uh, they have. You can take Nof. You can take Lemute. And other than that, you're down to um, Industries. Yeah, yeah. yeah, There's there's a Psychop profile. Yeah. And then there's the Gangbusters. And now the Gangbusters are fantastic. Since they're right. up close, yeah. like you're going to be good. But the thing is, is like if you're running very camo heavy, like there's a good chance that if they are not running the epsilon, or if they only have the one in kind of a pos- isolated position, that their MSV isn't really going to be super effective. Uh, that's actually something that I encountered where you know I was able to remove the one Epsilon trooper render ineffective, the one Epsilon trooper that I was facing. And Mm -hmm. then my opponent had zero defense against my wall of smoke and camo and whatever that just overwhelmed them. So I think, I think that they have some MSV options. I think they have some good MSV options, but I, but they're generally a little pricey and I think you gotta be really careful with them. Uh, as an O12 player to leverage their strengths because you can just get overwhelmed anyway. Yeah. yeah. So 
I feel like pretty commonly whenever I run into O12, I'm going to like Depsilon's so good. Most people are just going to take it. Gangbusters yes. are so good. Most people are just going to take it. So I feel like mm-hmm. they have a lot of mm-hmm. MSV because they're always present. Regardless right. of how many options you have, they're just good. Yeah, I think and, that, and that is fair. Yeah, and Epsilon and one or two gangbusters, I think, are going to be... Mm-hmm. I think those are things that are very common in O12 lists. Um, but they're very different types of pieces in, in their application, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like if I were concerned about camouflage, I wouldn't... Like, the gangbusters are good for that sort of thing as kind of counter skirmishers. Well, especially yeah. with the mad traps. With the robot. <laughs> like, I just oh, yeah. take a robot and just drive past them. Like, okay, if you want to reveal, I'll triple template you. Uh, mm-hmm. And I can take a hit and have mimetism in return. But yeah. Of course, that's kind of my general philosophy. Uh, playing against camo is to just pretend it's not there. And, you know, <laughs> if I can't see you, you're not real. Well, and honestly, if it's an <laughs> issue... They have AVA2 on the Oko copper bots that sure. are their sensor bots. So, like, especially in this season, which it's is very unique, getting tack aware and um, uh, marksmanship on them, like, for 16 points apiece, I wouldn't be surprised to see a pair of those going down and saying, hey, bam, like, here you go. Mm-hmm. I'm revealing all your camo. Sure. So, yeah. So, I think to kind of come back to weaknesses of O12, I think that, generally speaking, their units are not really multi-purpose. That's not exclusively the case. Mm-hmm. But they tend to have a job. Like, most of their CC specialists, like we talked about, I agree, are largely good at CC. And that's, you know, like, Shona is a perfect example of that, where she is overwhelmingly good in close combat against non-natural-born warriors. She's tied for the hardest-hitting CC attack in the game. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't really do much beyond that. She's a ballistic skill 11 submachine gun. And she has and a hard time really, getting there. Yeah, she doesn't have great delivery. Uh, she's got stealth, but 4-4 four, four move. Super jump helps. but And she's got a good dodge. Like She dodges on 17s, typically. Uh, which is really nice. But that's basically the extent of it. Um, And then other units that are, you know, like the Epsilon, for instance, which you'll see very commonly. Like the Epsilon is typically good at a distance. Like they never want stuff inside of eight inches of them, basically on anything you give them. Uh, Any of their weapon profiles, other than they have a nanopulser to try and fend something off, but if you get close, they have a, they have a hard time with those comparatively. Um, so it's kind of like their, their gunfighters tend to exclusively be gunfighters, and their close combat units tend to be exclusively close combat units. Um, they do have some decent multipurpose specialists, particularly uh, well, the one that comes to mind is like Parvati. But otherwise, by and large, even their specialists tend to be like, this is their job, like the Cyber Ghost. That's what it does. It it plants repeaters and runs hacking programs. Uh, and that's a fairly common thread. Again, not exclusively true, but that's very common amongst most of the options that you'll find. I agree. So if you are running up against O12, some of the things that you are likely to see, I think things that will commonly show up in lists 
there's going to be probably a couple of good gunfighters, one of which will likely be an Epsilon. Uh, another will likely be a Any of powerful great, heavy infantry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a Gamma, um, an Omega. Omega. Maybe the Bronze now. The Bronze HMG is actually a really interesting piece. I tried it out recently in Starmada and a Harris, and it performed really well. But yeah, the Bronze is a pretty reasonable piece. Being able to, you know, ignore flashball spots, for instance, is really nice. You can just effectively pretend they're not there. Or, you know, split burst at them or what have you. And they can punch into walls to climb up it. Right. Yeah, I was, yeah, I just painted uh I just painted both of their sculpts today. And yeah, it was kind of neat to see. Like, oh, that's a grappling hook. I never noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. they're good. And you're you're probably gonna see some level of tricks, either in like mm-hmm. links, you know, uh hidden deployment or any of yep. their great combat jump troops. Right. Yeah, they have a fair amount of mimetism to keep in mind. Um, the Omega stand out as being a, just a, an exceptionally lean mimetism 6 heavy infantry with BS-14. It's more so or less, if you took an orc and slapped mimetism minus 6 on it, that's almost what an Omega is for mm-hmm. a handful more points. Um, so... Those are really notable. Uh, as we've mentioned, the Epsilon has mimetism. Um, you know, the the links that you just mentioned, Azoka has mimetism. You know, they've got a number of uh, bike-like units with the Lawkeepers and Roadbots that have mimetism. The Psychops, the Crushers, the, it's all over the place. Um, Casanova, Andromeda. They got tons. They got a lot of mimetism around potentially the Gangbusters, which you're likely to see. The Team Sirius, which you're likely to see. So they're, they'll typically have, I would usually say, a common O12 list is likely to have two and one of Gangbusters or Team Sirius. Either, you know, either way, I could see two Team Sirius and one Gangbuster, or vice versa. Unlikely to see two of each, because I think that you start really giving up some things doing that. Um, but a cyber ghost to have access to white noise is very common. So like, and like you've mentioned, a really, uh, dedicated Lieutenant piece, uh, like an alpha or Hector are very common, um, along with some kind of backfield defense. Like I think Raven eyes are really easy to slot into lists. They're very cheap. Yeah. yeah they're very cheap and they can potentially trade up. Very significantly, they drop mines in your deployment zone. So I think that those are the things you'll see commonly. That and like Varangian guards. And Varangians, yes, of course. So Varangians, absolutely, in terms of things that you're likely to see at least one of in a vanilla list, you'll probably always see Varangians because you'll almost always see an Epsilon. (laughs) And, you know, those will just go together most of the time. So, as far as surprises go, they do have, being a vanilla faction, they're not as broad as most vanilla factions in the game, because they are the newest. But they have several hidden deployment units. They have quite a few combat jump units. Um, So those sorts of hidden information troops are fairly plentiful. Now, you typically won't see many in a list, but 
you will likely see one or two of those sorts of things. So that's something to keep in mind. So if you are looking to counter some of these things, so things that you're commonly going to see in these lists, how do you approach, you know, going to the table and you see, you know, they have a decent hacking network with a number of repeaters and a couple decent hackers. They have an Epsilon. They have smoke for the Epsilon. Let's say they have, a, you know, a Gamma because it's just so durable uh, or an Omega, either one. Uh, and, you know, maybe a Roadbot now uh, as that's just come out in the Adepticon update. Or even a Lawbringer. Potentially a Lawbringer. Yeah. And what sorts of things are you considering? How do you approach something like that across the table from you? So for me, I generally think that building a list, like if you want to build a good list, you want to have some level of MSV1 or MSV2 in your list, something to anti-skirmish opponents, if you have access to it, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's going to be incredibly valuable just starting on list building. Uh, as far as playing them in the game, it's all about this might sound silly, but just precision targeting because their troops are so one note. If you can figure out what the weaknesses of your faction is and then make sure that the O12 player cannot exploit those with his tools that would normally exploit those very well, then that will get you a jump ahead. If you can take out their like power pieces, for example, I played against O12 in uh, Albuquerque, right? And mm-hmm. I saw his gamma. I knew his gamma was going to do a lot of work. So I just popped up. I made sure I got to a position to destroy it. Uh, and then alternatively, he had cyber ghosts, which were going to be pretty good against my uh, my list. So I tried to focus those. And really, it's because infinity is such an objective focused mission if you can take out what what he what your opponent will have that will you know counter you and then just use the extra orders that you have left to position yourself for the objective that's that's almost how i play against o12 all the time and it makes it almost almost trivial i know that sounds a bit uh conceited but <laughs> I have. I don't often have a lot of times that I experience trouble fighting O12. Yeah, I think that it's kind of one of those things with O12 in particular is that they just have really strong fundamentals. Like, I think that their units tend to have a clear role, like we've talked about, and... So it makes it a little bit more distinct, like you said, to kind of determine uh, a weakness of a given unit. Um, but what about you, Ian? What sort of observations have you had in your games against O12? Yeah, I think, like, other than the Kappas and, like, Cho and a few other select pieces, um, O12 units don't tend to be on the cheap side. Uh, sure. Like, you do have a few cheaper options. Like I've mentioned, um, Varangians fall into that as well. But so much of what they do, it's on the higher end, it's very focused into 
what it's going to be doing, but that means that you're paying for those aspects, especially when it comes to like their heavy infantry, sure. which let's face it is kind of the star of the show in many ways with the faction, because they have like such cool heavy infantry that all kind of do just a little bit of a different thing, but they're all pricey. Like, you know, the, the cheapest ones are still mid thirties on up and that's for the beta troopers. And Mm -hmm. those are pretty cool, but it makes it so that they have cool stuff, but it's expensive. So they don't necessarily have a whole lot of that cool stuff. Uh, They're going to have to pad it out with those cheaper units and really rely on that one or two key attack pieces. Um, I find that when I'm facing them, like there's a couple of Varangians, there's some gangbusters, and then like take your pick of two, any two heavy infantry. And that's kind of what I've been facing. There's some remotes in there. Mm-hmm. Hacker. Sure. Um, but that means that like, if you can isolate and deal with that, you know, even one of those key pieces, it opens up wide holes to be exploited. Yeah. I think that that is a pretty accurate assessment that O12 tends to lean towards the elite end of the spectrum uh, not as hard as some factions like uh, but i agree that generally speaking they're going to have as far as their particularly powerful pieces they're going to be a little bit more on the concentrated side because the uh, exceptional attack pieces like you said tend to be in the you know 40s and 50s or so uh, some more than that if you're looking at, say, Hector or the Zeta tag, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, which the Zeta is also very powerful. And that's something that you would see probably semi-frequently because it's not a terribly expensive tag. It's not a cheap tag, but it's not, you know, we're not talking 100-point tags here. But uh, beware because of that climbing plus on a mm-hmm. tag, regardless of what it's armed with. But HRMC, Heavy Riot Stopper, it's... It's going to come at you from some areas that tag may not normally be able to come at you from. Yeah. And that's something to keep in mind, like Azoka, you had mentioned earlier, that they have a lot of maneuverability. And a lot of that comes from Climbing Plus, actually. Like, there is a tremendous amount of Climbing Plus in this faction. Uh, it's not Which we on... all know is the superior movement ability currently. <laughs> it is very good. Yeah, but the the mobility form of the road bot, um, the Oko bots, which are relevant this season, their total reaction bot and the peeler, um, beta troopers and bronzes, like we mentioned in the Zeta, the Epsilon, which you're going to see often, those all have climbing plus. Um, plus there's a few other ones, like Neoka, which I don't think you'll see too terribly often. I feel like in vanilla, you're more likely to see uh, maybe a heavy rocket launcher, I suppose, because they're pretty inexpensive. Um, but if you're looking for uh, an active piece, those are less likely to be chosen over, say, you know, an Epsilon uh, HMG or multi-sniper or one of the heavy infantry like we've already mentioned. But yeah, I mean, they do also have a lot of good mid-cost troops, but their cheap troops are... Fairly limited, like you said, like you'd mentioned, Ian. I think that you nailed it in terms of like Kappa, Ravenize, Varangians. Those will typically fill out that lower spectrum to enable some of these other troops. 
but otherwise a lot of the mid-tier troops are really good like team Sirius and um and gangbusters you know they're in the roughly mid-20s by and large uh, are solid but you know if you want to have a relatively high order count you will need to have some of those Varangians, Raven Eyes, Kappas, etc. Now, one another one that I want to discuss that uh, we haven't mentioned uh, is the Raptor boarding squad. Uh, I don't so cool. I don't see them a whole lot because I think people are sleeping on them. But this is a unit that I have seen in the right hands be absolutely devastating. So you got to look out for it. Uh, Cause it's a, it's a fast, it's a six, two move two wound heavy infantry with the 360 visor has NCO that's moving up there. And while it's initial loadout, you know, it's a multi-rifle light flamethrower or boarding shotgun Panzerfaust, like not great. You can get it with a spitfire. The key on this is that it comes with a diva bot with a heavy flamethrower that also has a 360 visor. So, it's mm-hmm. it's a better version of like Acontecimientos Guarda de Asalto because it does the mm-hmm. same thing, but with that 360 visor, with that NCO, it's very devastating because you can get caught out with the Diva bot coming at you on one side and the Raptor looking at you with a, you know, from another side with a different gun and you have to make that choice. Am I going to shoot and eat the flamethrower or I'm going to dodge and hope that I don't get eat the bullets like ballistics go 14 platform. (laughs) Exactly. So like it's one of the, well, especially if they run the, the boarding shotgun version, because it's a plus one damage with damage 15 shotgun and they go over hit mode. It's like, well, they're hitting on twenties or I'm hitting, getting hit automatically with a heavy flamethrower. Where, where's my, what's my good option? Yeah, I think that the Raptor is more of a premium utility piece yeah, and one of the few multi-purpose units in the faction. Mm-hmm. So the one that stands out to me is the Killer, Killer Hacker. Hacker. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's got a great armament. It's a specialist with a relevant specialist type for many missions. And it can Cyber Ghost or Cyber Mask itself and the bot because the, the synchronized bot will follow the state of the controller. Yep. Exactly. That's terrifying. So I don't want, I don't like it really nasty. Potentially. <laughs> I don't see it as being one of the, one of the power piece attack units no. that is selected, like not one of your premium go out and kill a bunch of stuff type unit, but it is kind of a, a good toolbox option that, mm-hmm. O12 doesn't have a ton of. Yeah. There are some. Th- this is one of the examples, and there are a few others that I think are pretty versatile. Like I feel like Team yeah. Sirius are really versatile, actually. Well, yeah. And this season, that Raptor is actually really scary because it's got Terrain Zero G, so there's a lot of missions where it's getting an extra inch of movement. It's moving 7-2. Or Super Jump. Yeah. <laughs> and the bot. Actually, that's another <laughs> thing is that... Uh, there's a ton of zero G terrain um, here to keep in mind, which is particularly yeah. relevant this season and, you know, has been relevant in other recent seasons. But yeah, there's a lot of that too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Lots of terrain zero G. And a few terrain total options. 
But yeah. primarily as far as the special types, uh, typically it's going to be 0G if you're against O12. So something to keep, keep in mind depending on the season, and this is one of those where that's relevant. Yes. Um, but yeah, and did we talk about the Gamma yet? <laughs> in passing, yeah. Mostly that it yeah. is just ludicrously durable. So yeah. I think that that's one thing that you kind of need to have a plan to deal with something like a Zeta or a Gamma, something that's going to be, you know, the Gamma being armor six and effective three wounds mm-hmm. is pretty formidable. Like Even yeah. if you have armor-piercing weaponry, they're typically saving half the time still. Yeah, and that's if it's high damage and, uh, and, AP weaponry. You know, the burst five HMG on it is it's nasty. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. say it's not, but the yeah. burst three Feuerbach is the one that I actually see people take a lot more, and that it's partially because that's the model that's more available because the HMG was only mm-hmm. in the uh, the Defiance uh, release, but. I think between the two, I actually would, if I was running it, would prefer to take the Feuerbach, not only because I just love the weapon, but the versatility between the two modes and having that extra burst just makes it so much more viable. So um, he gets a hit when he misses. Yeah. And this is a thing like I see him parked on top of a building. So it's got cover. It's got range to hit a lot of stuff. And usually you got to put a lot of effort into taking it out. Um, yeah, it's a, it's got that, all of that stuff going on for it. It is a beast of a model to deal with at times. Yeah. So I think that something to keep in mind when you're facing O12, because of a lot of these power pieces, they will typically be ballistic skill right around 14 is very common in this faction. And there's a ton of 13. Um, so you need to be prepared for solid gunfighters, not the best gunfighters in the game, but very good gunfighters. Uh, a fairly high amount of mimetism, a fairly high amount of mobility. Um, I would say that having strong hacking will go a long way when you're fighting O12, because as we've mentioned, many, but not all of their more powerful pieces are susceptible to hacking. And while they can have a substantial hacking network themselves, like we mentioned earlier, they're not going to have top-tier hackers by any stretch. Their no. best hacker typically is going to be the Cyber Ghost, which is solid and is you know very good for its low, relatively low cost. But we're talking about a WIP-14 BTS-6 hacker, which is good, but there are there are better out there. Or you can just kind of body them with your own amount of uh, of quantity and your own hackers potentially. Yeah, I think that's the big struggle. Is this the Cyber Ghost directly compares to Jazz? Well, not directly. Very, very, very close. Closely compares to Jazz. Um, just lacking the Trinity is a big deal. That but they don't big. have. They don't. In, Nomads has so many, so many options for hackers. Mm-hmm. great hackers and O12 you're going to see two or three maybe right. and they're never going to be the best and you're not going to yeah. see a lot of uh, cyber ghosts like you might see two I've seen two plenty of times but it's not it's not 
ever something that I'm super concerned about. And when they run it, obviously, I, I'll, I'm a big fan and proprietor of killer hackers. So you just mm-hmm. move up there and BTS6 is very good. But usually you are able to take them out. Yeah, I think that you can you can punch through their moderate quantity of hackers, either with a good amount of hackers of your own or with high quality hackers and just beat them down with more elite options. So if you, you know, if this is a surprise attacking Anathematic or uh, an Asura Hacker Plus or, you know, even... God, those like, are monsters. Uh, and you can take a Diva. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you can take a, a, a Diva, which is their only WIT 15 hacking option. But a lot, most often, like you're paying a pretty premium price comparatively. Like if you look at the Deva, the Deva hacker is more than the Cyber Ghost with less utility. Mm-hmm. It is more durable and has higher whip, which is great. But I don't think you'll see that very often in O12. Um, I don't think you'll see them very often in vanilla Aleph, even to be honest. I think that you may see them occasionally in OSS, but. They're solid, but they're just typically not specialized enough. You're paying a fair bit for being a generalized profile. And most of the time, people are going to look for something that fits a certain role, which is, again, one of the strengths of O12 is that their units tend to be fairly dedicated, like we've mentioned. So it's easy to say, okay, 21 points for a Cyber Ghost that's one whip less, but more BTS and has a pitcher and a hacking device plus versus 28 points for a Deva hacker that it's no wooden cap, which is relevant, but you're only gaining a little bit of extra um, loss power. Pitcher, I think is, is what makes those 12 not take divas. I think so. I think that's a big part of it. And I think there's a lot of reliance on team Sirius to get repeaters up the field since they start with forward deployment. Um, but yeah, I think that, a lot of things, back to, circling back around to the point, uh, that a lot of O12's m- more useful profiles are going to be hackable. So the team Sirius, you know, they're not always hackers, but sometimes hackers, but they carry repeaters on their peripherals. Um, lots of really potent heavy infantry. Um, if you have Hacking Device Plus, being able to drop white noise in front of Epsilons and the like, it's really, really useful. Now the uh, highway bot, the road yeah, bot. Yeah, the new road bot being hackable is very, very relevant. And it does not have stealth, so it's worth keeping in mind. But yeah, many of the more potent profiles are going to be susceptible to hacking in some way, beyond just Spotlight, obviously, where you know you can hit anything with that. But I think having strong hacking can really make things difficult for O12 because if you lean into that, you can be much better at it than they are. Um, Even though they can spread a pretty decent repeater network, they don't necessarily have the quality of hackers to back it up. So yeah, so I think that that kind of goes over a lot of common things that you're going to see with O12. Now, of course particularly with a vanilla faction, you know, there's always room for more things that, you know, 
while not common, may still appear. You know, you could see a really <laughs> close combat, heavily focused list with, you know, Shoda and Andromeda and Casanova that are all deploying midfield and, <laughs> you know, some some out of left field sort of lists like that potentially. But I think that these kind of touch on a lot of the common elements that you'll find. And so uh, in just a moment, we'll move on to our final thoughts for this faction takedown. But before we get to that, we just want to talk about our Patreon page. So if you are willing and able to support the show, you can take a look at our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash metachemistry. And there you can help us continue the show. If you're enjoying it, listening, we greatly appreciate the support. We have a handful of benefits for people that are on our page. We have some exclusive Discord areas. We have uh, early access to episodes, poll access when those come out, and things along those lines. And anything that's contributed goes straight back into the show. Uh, like we've mentioned before, this doesn't go into our pockets by any stretch. We don't pay ourselves doing this. Uh, and also we have our Discord. So feel free to come on down and join that. Uh, it was pretty fun today. We had uh, a bunch of new people join, which was exciting to see. And there's all kinds of talk there. There's tactic tactics talk. There's news talk. There's hobbying. Great place to all find info on rules. Yeah, yeah. We have very common uh, rules discussions. Um, you know where we go over things that people have in mind. So yeah, if you're looking for more places to talk about Infinity and can't get enough there's another one that you can go to on our Discord channel. And uh, like we had mentioned at the top of the episode, just being part of the channel gets you um, in the, gets your name in the hat for our Mo Games drawings. So something to consider there. Uh, we'd love to have you. So moving back to our episode, uh, Azoka, Ian, what are your kind of final thoughts, your penultimate summations on Vanilla 012? Uh, Azoka, let's start with you. You know, I think that playing against 012 is a good test of your skill as an Infinity player because they present a lot of opportunities for you to tackle and kind of can be a good place to judge how good you are at getting, getting at the game. So if you have someone in your meta who plays 012, or if you and a buddy want to get into O12 and you guys, one person plays while the other person plays, you know, what their normal faction is, that can be a great way to kind of get better at infinity. Because it, it practice, I feel like being good against O12 is just having good fundamentals in the game. Totally. Yeah, I could certainly see that. What about you, Ian? Yeah, I think that O12 is a pretty solid faction. I enjoy them. Uh, the couple of times I've run them myself, I've had a lot of fun. Um, I've had some really good games against people playing them. Uh, and I, I think they do have a lot to offer, uh, both in terms of uh, what they offer the person playing them as well as the potential challenge uh, to the opponent. And uh, I think a big part of being successful not just against O12, but against any faction is kind of, you know, do your homework a little bit and be aware, like 
roughly of what a faction has available to them. Like I'm not saying you got to go memorize every profile and every last bit on it. Um, you know, the game is 90% open information. You ask your opponent and they got to tell you what it is anyway, but just, you know, go glance through the, the profiles in army and, you know, kind of, kind of do a thought exercise. Like, Hey, if I was playing this, like, how would I approach it? You know, just build up some, some, some lists and stuff in there just to get an idea and familiarize yourself with some of the general concepts of what, you know, you might see on the table. Cause if you see something that's kind of cool in a, a list that, you know, you're like, Oh, this might be neat. You can bet that somebody else has probably also seen that and it might be something that you encounter. Um, this is something I like to do just to kind of see what factions have to offer. And, you know, it's a, I think it's a good mental exercise to stay up on, how the game is played, you know, what's out there in the options and just, you know, try to be prepared and ready for what you may encounter on the table. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's good advice for any opponent, any, any faction that, you know, if you, if you only focus on what you have, you're missing out on a lot of the game. Uh, and so it's a big ask because there's a lot in Infinity. There's a lot of factions. There's a lot of profiles. But having a, a decent idea of what your opponent is capable of is exceptionally important when you're on the table. So I would say that with O12, they are just kind of above average in basically every category. Not entirely, but I think generally speaking, they've got profiles that are better than most other units in the game at a given job. Now, it's pretty broad and that won't apply everywhere, but they're never the best at anything, it feels like. So... You can, if you're playing an elite faction, sometimes you can leverage your more potent pieces against theirs in a in that sort of arms race where you know you are a better gunfighter than they are, you are a better hacker than they are, or you know you are a better close com uh, close quarters combatant. You have higher quality specialists or more versatile specialists or what have you. But O12, I agree, kind of tests you a little bit in terms of most because most of their units are above average it kind of forces you to pick the right tool for the job in many circumstances so trying to find those good matchups trying to see where you can circumvent their relatively concentrated points of power uh, those will go a long way when you are facing O12 across the table. And with that, I'm Devin. Zoka. And Ian. And that's the meta. <laughs>